Uh, is this thing on? Can you hear me? Welcome to the Gravity Lift Podcast, a mostly entertaining and at times informative place where we get to chat about all the things we love. Music and festival life, yoga and wellness, travel and adventure. We are your hosts, Jordan and Antonella. Today's guest is the first guest that brought their four-legged friend along with them. Yeah, Blue got to have a bunny. Yeah, we always kind of have Blue down here for most podcast episodes. Some of you may have heard the little jingle of the collar, which we've fixed now, and his little yawns, which are not so little. Very Demogorgon in nature. Yeah, and you'll uh, you'll hear some of that Demogorgon activity throughout this podcast. Uh, Emmeline Drew's fun little what is she some sort of corgi mutt she's cuteness oh what yeah she is. she's adorable she's a little firecracker um so yeah they were kind of playing during the podcast but we're definitely a, a dog friendly podcast i think she's really helped drew get into a happier lighter place along with some job changes and adding in this creative outlet where he gets to pair up with some of our friends behind the scenes and and make magic happen at different festivals uh, locally so that was a great chat I loved having him and his little sidekick and I I think that that we might have to have another conversation with him soon Alrighty. well without further ado Drew Martin we saw you a little bit backstage how did that go that I I don't know how that happened (laughs) um but I love that so much. That's probably my favorite thing I've ever done with so this industry. So you're stage managing nice. or what, what is Just that? working with the performers. Okay. They are one of those shining lights in this world of chaos. <laughs> um, uh, it, it's, again, I, I started working for them by accident at Resolution this year. Okay. Um, and they kind of just... I know they needed someone and then I ended up being like assistant stage manager or something. And I kind of worked with this guy who was pretty good at it or really good at it. Um, and I kind of learned a lot by doing that. And then I'm a man, I'm just a manager. I'm a project manager. It's my, I love, I'm just one of my passions in life. And it's what I do for work. And, and so that I, I already had that side of it kind of figured out. I, it's like, I know how to do that. So then I just kind of had to learn the basics of stage managing and how it works to get dancers timed right and uh, working with different groups and their supervisors and and, sort, and so on and so forth. So that was just like this really bizarre thing. Suddenly I'm working for USC and like with the performers and never thought I'd, you know, ever work with them. Super, I was super uncomfortable, like being in the green room with all of them because I didn't know any of them. And I was kind of this outsider, but they were all like just so welcoming and just always Super smiling. Sweet. So yeah. you, you probably got to meet Brian and Sarah then, right? They were like help doing different yeah, stuff. Yeah, I, I actually hung out with them. So Brian, uh, Brian was taking yoga classes from Antonella when I first got into yoga and him and I would do classes together all the time. And then he went through our last teacher training last year. Um, so did Sarah. Sarah. Yeah. And, and they proposed, he proposed to her while we were going through teacher training and everything. So like, yeah, we, and that's how they met Virginia because Virginia was in the training as well. And we brought them to Paradiso last year and then they got hooked up with it this year, but they said the same thing. Like they were always like interested in the industry, but had never really been a part of it. And then all of a sudden they were like, wow, this is so cool. And they're two individuals that like 
I never really would have imagined bringing into that world. They just didn't quite seem like they fit. And then they just like knocked it out of the park. Virginia's like, they're the coolest people to work with. We love them. All the dancers love them. But that's just, I think that's kind of what I was getting at earlier when you were saying like it's tough in the industry because it can be a super toxic place. But I think there are definitely pockets of the industry that can be really cool. Totally. And I think it's, uh, you're going to get burned a couple of times and then you kind of figure out, all right, what's this pocket that I really enjoy? Cause mm-hmm. she's gotten burned in the yoga industry. I feel like I've gotten burned in the music industry in my own way. And so like, we're kind of combining those together and like recreating our own separate little niche. And mm-hmm. then within that niche attempting to then be in both of those markets still while being somewhat separate, I guess you could say so that, uh, our enjoyment isn't reliant on whether or not X individual likes us or wants something out of us. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much how it goes. It's, you got to yeah. know the right people. Hi, um, Pooch. <laughs> yeah, I like to think of it, um, I'll, I'll put it in simplified yoga terms, but uh, I like to think of it as not hoeing myself out. So rather than like cutting myself off to people or opportunities, I uh, am very picky about who I have an energetic exchange with in a club, at an event, at a yoga studio. And he kind of observes a little bit from the background and is like, hey, I noticed you're being a little bit more pulled back with this person or at this event. Like, is everything okay? And, and I'll just let him know, like, yeah, I just I can tell like in this moment or with this person, I need to be a little bit uh, not guard up necessarily, but I'm not going to just put all of my energy out there and do a lot of interaction with this person if it doesn't feel right. So uh, in the past, I've definitely like closed myself off because I've gotten hurt many, many times and I have a lot of um, trust issues for sure. Uh, so I, I guess I try to just take a step forward in in these worlds that we're working with in a way that's like, all right, I'm going to I'm going to look for those unique interactions and hi, <laughs> we got a, we got a couple of crazy dogs running around the studio right now. Emma has a couple things to say. Emma Lyon, are you going to talk? She's agreeing. She says, don't hold yourself out to any, any person at the club. Well, that's what, that's what I was saying. just earlier, just like, I, yeah, I choose who I'm going to kind of give myself to mm-hmm. whether that, whatever that means. But like, it's, I'm so cautious about it because you said it's just you're just gonna either get burned or it's gonna be a waste of your time, um, and most of the time it's just a waste of your time. So similarly, yeah. from an from an energetics level, it's uh, exhausting too. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say not only individuals but also like a company that you work with, mm-hmm. and I know you were working with a company for a long time. Honestly, like when I would say I first met you, there's a difference between like when you first meet someone, when you actually like first meet them. And I feel like we first met at that uh, Mariners game where it was right after movement last Mm -hmm. year and we got to have a conversation Um, and you had just left or you were just about to leave a company. And so now you've left that. And uh, I guess I don't know exactly what you're doing right now. Yeah, I have no idea. Well, I'm at Amazon now. Okay. Um, Doing project management essentially for them and I write curriculum and teach classes and stuff nice for a company that's contracted for them on campus um but yeah when most people met me was because most it was almost half my life (laughs) they met me while I worked at this other dark 
thing that I had in my life. Um, and that was at UPS. And I was there for twelve over 12 years. And for the most part, you know, I was pretty happy. Well, I wouldn't say happy. I would say I was content, pretty complacent there, really safe. Knew I would have great income and great retirement and and all that whatever that stuff is um <laughs> With the golden handcuffs almost exactly yeah. and exactly. it got to a point where i it affected the way i was treating my friends and my family and i couldn't have this little creature right here uh, because i was working six days a week like up to 70 hours like just like only time i had at home was just to sleep to go to work and so, and, and not only that, while I was at work, I hated it. I was so miserable there and everyone that I was around was bitter all the time and, um, hustling so hard day in, day out. Same well, thing. It was <laughs> work. We're good. Working like 70 hour weeks. Okay. We're good. Yeah, we're good. Okay. I just pulled out our headphones. Oh, dog, <laughs> the dogs are getting kind of dogs are wrestling. <laughs> um, but it, yeah, I mean, we were all, for the most part, working pretty hard, but not at all. They're just like strong union kind of. A lot of people are just trying to get away with as much as they can. And yeah, I forgot it was unions. It's like screw management. They just want to come to work early just so they can start bitching like, right away. <laughs> and it's like, just like not an environment that I guess I didn't want to be in. Apparently, they did. I don't know. And not to say that they were they were all bad people, but. Yeah, it's interesting hearing because I worked at FedEx and everything there was contract workers. And so all the drivers were all contracted and they had to bust their ass to make any sort of financial gain. And everyone always talked about how UPS was such a great company to work for. And everyone at FedEx was always talking about like, oh, fuck, I wish I worked at UPS. It's such a better company. That's yeah. super interesting to hear because grass is always greener on the other side, no matter where you are. I'm pretty sure the grass isn't greener with FedEx because of the way they... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> the way, with the way that they get paid and the amount of work they do and all that kind of stuff. Same, same. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a super strong union. Everyone's trying to do the like lowest possible amount of work every day, and it didn't matter who they screwed over because there's like you get the union is like a brotherhood, right? No, mm -hmm. Doesn't exist. Doesn't fucking exist at all. And as soon as you need help, they just pissed at you that you need help crazy and like just you know different things like that and and so like i kind of guess i reached this point where like every day there was a lot of things that happened in this in a lot of things have happened to me in the last year year and a half and there was this point where i was like something's got to give or i'm not going to be in this world anymore like period and because eventually I'm going to be the one that breaks. And, and so I kind of just started maybe a little bit listening more, a little bit to people that were concerned about me because um, they just could see how fucking miserable I was every single day. And I started kind of listening. I went through, I had this pretty brief relationship last year that, nobody really knows about it was really short but it was like kind of like this <laughs> thought it was my person kind of 
relationship that happened directly after this like super evil relationship that I was in right before it. Um, and she kind of brought that up to me. She's like, you know, she, that I think her her saying it really was like this thing that kind of made it real for me. Um, and I was like, well, I, I, you know, I hear what you're saying now. I finally like the relationship that I had gotten out of made me a different companion or spouse to her mm-hmm. because I appreciated that is supposed to be so much more because <laughs> I got the fucking worst opposite of that right before that. So it made me appreciate it more. So then I started listening to her, like her saying like, it's clear how much it affects the way you treat people and you don't know it because you're just, it's just your whole life and you're miserable and you just don't, you don't even realize that you're doing it. So when she kind of did said that I, like okay i think maybe i need to do something and so that relationship ended pretty abruptly um and so there was like this combination of me going through like the worst heartbreak i've ever been through my entire life and just basically just like sobbing behind sunglasses for 10 hours a day at Mm. work you know and going through that and kind of like why am I at this job? Why am I like, why my is, it, is this what I want to do with my life? You know, like, do I want to, yeah, I'm going to make a ton of money here in about a year. What the hell does that mean? You know, like what good is that money going to do me? I'm sitting on my deathbed at 56 and be like, sure. Glad I made all that money. That's killed me now. You know, I don't have a family. I don't have a, anything to support. So I kind of, I guess you could say I woke up the relationship, the like toxic one. And then the one right after they kind of sobered me up. That's not a good way to put it. They kind of, they kind of humbled me, I guess. I guess I would say that they humbled me very much. Um, Two of the worst things that have ever happened to me, two of the best things have ever happened to me at the same time. So it kind of, kind of humbled me and made me step back and say, all right, what what do I need to do here to start being like that person right there that just looks so incredibly happy? And what do I need to do to come home and smile? What do I need to do to have a job where I get off at five and I can go home to a dog, you know? So I, I started kind of thinking like, you know, what, let's lay out some goals here because that was right when I started stopped, stopped DJing as well. So I kind of, didn't have this purpose I didn't have this um I've always had something whether I was was racing my bike or rock climbing or skiing or gym uh I always had something that just was something just driving me every day just something to work for and that I went through this like year well maybe like six months I just had nothing and I don't nothing is a relative term obviously but I had nothing that I was motivated for nothing I was working for and towards you know uh achieving and it was kind of ironic because that became what motivated me was to find something (laughs) um the quest yeah so I kind of was one day I was like I don't know what I need to do and I know I need to get a new place because my apartment was full of demons and I know I want a dog and I don't know maybe I should get a new job 
And then just one day at work, it was like a Saturday, 9 p.m. on in August. Everyone's at barbecues and at the lake, and I just got off work. And I just called my parents. And just, I got I to leave. I can't do this. Start crying. Just They're telling me, like, don't do it. Don't leave. You get to find something else first. It's like, I have money. I can live for a while. If I don't leave, I'm never going to leave and be here forever. And so after a long talk, we they were like, all right, do it. And, you know, we won't let anything happen to you. Like, a few weeks go by, I end up getting, like, held up at gunpoint at my job. And, like, I was like, all right, fuck this. <laughs> I'm leaving. Um, and... Whoa, 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 I need what? What happened? Were you driving and this happened? Yeah, so That's someone tried to deal. steal my package car with a loaded shotgun. Whoa, scary! Yeah, it was, it was pretty scary. That was just another gift from the universe saying it's time for you to go now. Yeah, my my like mind was already made up, but that was like the week before I put my two weeks in. Wow, and they all thought it was because of that, but why it wasn't? But it's kind of interesting how it all played out after that. Because all those things that I like wanted, like I sit here right now and I did every single one of those things. And I didn't tell people I was going to do it. I just went and fucking did it. Because I hate that. I hate when people are like, I'm going to do all these things. And here's an inspirational quote. And then like <laughs> nothing ever happens. And then they just do it again like eight months. And it's like, oh, I'm still wasting all my money on nothing or whatever. And so I do not like that. I'm just going to be like, oh, I'm going to come back and tell you when I did it. After the fact. Yeah. So I did these things. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, just I put my two weeks in. And a week later, I had a dog. <laughs> it just fell into my lap perfectly. Um, I don't know how. <laughs> um, but it just worked. And she, like, honestly probably saved my life. Um, and, uh, suddenly I had this, I had a dog, I had a dog and then I didn't have a job anymore. <laughs> and, but I was prepared for that. And, you know, and I started looking for work and it started taking longer than I expected. And then, then it started taking even longer than I expected. And then it started taking too long. Um, and that was easily the darkest time in my life and very alone just my dog no one's reaching out to me not hanging out with people I, you know I wasn't leaving my house at all um uh, and I couldn't do things because I was saving money I was saving my money or I was conserving it and I couldn't seem to get a, any girl's attention. Um, well, it helps if you leave your house. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> so that's not... Hello. It is here. my fault. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was like, it was really god awful time where I just struggled to stay awake because I knew that if I was sleeping that I could kind of escape. That was kind of the only way I could escape. And then... How did you do that with this dog? She's so high energy. Was she like, she's let's go not, do things? She's not high energy. Uh, she's super chill. She's she sits, Sit right on my chest and sleep. If you're napping, she's napping. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I was napping a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I napped so much that I was like, I don't even like naps anymore. <laughs> what? <laughs> you can imagine. <laughs> you cannot. 
Um, but yeah, my friend Tristan was, it's like one of my closest friends ever. You know, Tristan. Yeah. He lived right next to me and he was like my rock for a while. He would just come over on like a Sunday night or whatever it was and just like, all right, let's hang out. You know, he would just, you know, it didn't matter what we did. He just kind of would hang out with me and knew that I just kind of needed some company. And he was kind of the only one that realized how kind of dark that time really was for me. And it was, it was pretty serious. I had some pretty uh, disturbing thoughts, uh, like self-destructive thoughts that I couldn't escape. Um, but, you know, he, he kind of noticed that and he knew that I wasn't, I also wasn't telling anyone that there was this thing going on in my life and he kind of noticed it and kind of brought me out of it and helped me revamp resume again and keep looking and, you know, and all these kind of just different things. And then London was coming up. I was supposed to go to London with my friends and I was like, I can't, I couldn't go. I didn't think I could go. And, you know, he's, he's like, all right, well, let's try and figure this out. Let's keep pushing. And anyway, I ended up getting a job like two days before I left London. <laughs> and that was like the biggest relief ever. Um, but yeah, he, he was just like my neighbor. I could see his window from my apartment. So like he would come over and my light was on or kind of take me out of that. So but, he was kind of like a catalyst for you getting out of that. Yeah, I was, I was kind of spiraled out of control for a while and I guess not out of control just kind of within my own head yeah you know because I'm really hard on myself um people think I'm like really cocky and like confident (laughs) and the complete opposite I'm very very hard on myself I'm super insecure and (laughs) um kind of I never think I'm good enough to a fault sometimes but that's also how I get better um, so I guess I don't really know where I was going with that, but he, he, oh yeah, I lost my train of thought. It's all good. So um, can I ask how old you are? 31. Okay. So when did all this start? Like when, when would you say the big shift began? And then now that you've kind of come to the lighter side, like what was that age range out of curiosity? Probably like 29. Yeah. Um, not having anything to do with age. Mm-hmm. Um, just working and being like, this is fucking stupid. Mm-hmm. I don't believe in anything that's happening. I don't, like, I don't, um, I, I'm not getting any reward. I'm not, this isn't satisfying, you know. Um, uh, I don't feel good about what I'm doing. And so then that was kind of when I started having these, like, I think maybe I should leave. And then I would just kind of throw that idea around and then push it under the rug. Mm-hmm. How old were you when going. you started DJing? It's like 2015, so like three years ago. Oh, okay, three, maybe three or four, almost four okay. years ago. So, and I came up. That whole thing was really sudden. <laughs> <laughs> I came up really fast as a DJ. So that was another thing that was hard for me and my friends. It's like who the hell is this cocky asshole now that just. Because it gets to you, like it's hard. It's a meteoric like, rise yeah. super quickly because suddenly someone believes in you and they give you a chance, and then all of a sudden people who you never knew now want to be your friend because they want a little bit of something to get somewhere. Yeah, and I mean, I want to say this and be cocky. I was also really good, so it was like 
it was hard for me to be like, you know, humble about it. So it mm-hmm. took me a while to kind of like get off my high horse. How long, <laughs> how, long, how long have you not been DJing for? I don't want to say I'm not DJing. I still DJ here and there. Yeah. Um, but residency things stopped last April. Yeah. So I had so. a I had a very similar thing, just like foundation world. Like got popped into it, was playing twice a month. It was it was the thing to do. And we were playing a ton of shows and playing bigger gigs and whatnot. Like played Lucky Festival and open for above and beyond. And then it was like uh, Dave and I just kind of got burnt out and uh, opportunities just kind of changed. Our styles changed. The trance world just kind of went away in its own way for a little while. And um, we like took a year off. And then me getting back into DJing, like rebranding has been so one of the most humbling things ever. It's really hard too. So, like before everyone knew your name, you could walk into the club that you were a part of, that you had a residency at, all the security knew your, knew your name, all the people running the nights knew who you were, people in the crowd knew who you were, and now you go back to that place like two years later, not a single person knows who the fuck you are. Oh, it gives a shit who oh, you there's are. there's so much turnover. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, in in totally every part of the people. entire industry. Yeah. It's a, uh, yeah. So it's, I don't know. It's a, uh, it's a tough world where we live in this, fame society of in its, in its own way it's 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 a whole different monster but instagram notoriety and whatnot it's right. kind of similar to the dj world it's this super fast meteoric spike into popularity and then more than likely a crash and burn into either nothingness or maybe a crash and burn and then that slowly makes you pick yourself back up and figure out where you're going and why you're in it not just like oh i want to dj sweet someone gave me a gig i'm super happy to get a gig then all of a sudden it's like oh i have a residency oh i know everyone here oh i'm something special and then have all that like crash back down you come back to that beginning of like wait am i still djing because i love this or am i djing so that i can get into that nightclub and know that person and get backstage and do this well for me it was a little different um because i was the management side of it a lot okay a lot Mm. uh especially with studio 44 um, and my exit was not my choice. So, uh, and very sudden, like I, one day I'm there, I didn't miss a studio for, for, for two and a half years. And then suddenly I stopped going and just existing. And, um, that was a little bit more difficult than just, it was, yeah, I guess you could call it a crash and burn. There was some fucked up shit that happened in my life and I did some shitty things too. And, you know, I made some poor decisions. Um, but you know, at the the end of the day, it was like this really like abrupt, (laughs) not my, it wasn't me being burnt out. It was me like, you have to go now (laughs) kind of thing. And so that was a huge, I gave that, that world my whole life, you know, everything I had. I was working 13 hour days and then going, working all night to, for them and, or whoever. And I loved it. You know, I'm not trying to say that I deserved anything or anything like that, but I did it because I loved it and really supported that, that cause. Um, but when it gets like ripped away from you, that's really hard. Um, so I guess what I'm saying is that, uh, it's, it's been 
from what you're saying, it's interesting finding yourself in like the uh, performer management role. Yeah. And I think that's kind of the key is figuring out where you love, or I guess what you love now, now that you've been up and been back down, no matter how, no matter how your story got to where you are, mm-hmm. I think it takes right now for you to figure out like, what do you really love about this industry? And then use that to find what area you're trying to go what to. What that next step is. Yeah. yeah and it, yeah, like the, all that stuff that happened, I'm really thankful for it, you know, because, you know, I wouldn't be who I am without it, obviously. And it's, again, it humbles you so much. And that I needed that, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, which is hard to even admit. Like, I needed that. You know, I needed something to just, just calm the fuck down, Drew. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, like, I needed something like that. And then again, like, I, I, into this wonderful world of performers and and uh and now i know that loyalty isn't actually a real thing in this world there is no such thing as loyalty um and that is proven time and time again so that i now i know that all right i have this other new thing let's approach it and work hard for them because i really want to make sure that they're in the spotlight but also keep in mind, all these other possibilities could happen as well. So kind of try and just approach it differently and maybe less personally. Does that make sense? Definitely. Yeah, for sure. Um, just take everything that's happened and learn from it. But it's like, it was a stage, I'm a stage manager for them now, uh, for the performers. And, you know, I, I don't know if you guys saw me, but I was like sprinting. I was busting my ass for 17 hours. And I did it I got no recognition for that and no there's no like you're on stage kind of thing which, right. and I I didn't want that I wanted them to get the recognition that's why I was doing working so hard I was like I wanted them to like what Darius and Virginia have done for that side of things at USC is insane like they should be just as important as the DJs I feel you know it's really important and so I wanted like that's why I was like working so hard and like so I, I guess what I'm saying is I approached it so much differently. Like it was, wasn't about me, you guys watching me play music or something. It was about me like staying back in the scene or behind the stage in dark clothes where you couldn't see me. And I'm going to put them out as much as I can in the spotlight. And it's hard because like they're the lowest priority for that. You know, when you're trying to plan, you're, you're creating stages and, you know, they're building them. Oh, the the aerialist point's supposed to be right here. Well, let's just put it over there. <laughs> you know, like did we? Yeah, we're not gonna go the extra mile for them, and then it ends up putting them in a bad, like a bad position. So then it's like it makes me want to work even harder for them. So yeah, normally the the DJs are the divas, totally. <laughs> and the performing actor people that you would expect to be the so divas are the hardworking, amazing individuals that are there because they fucking love what they're doing. Not because they're like, Oh, I'm one on my rider that I need four bottles of alcohol and you gave me two and I'm going to throw a huge hissy fit because oh, I didn't man. get what I wanted. Dude. And they are so funny. Like those, all of them just are hilarious. They'll come up, get ready to go on stage, whoever it is, the dancers or stilters or whatever. And they're just like, start talk, making jokes and like 
bounce around and do funny things. They have great vibes. Yeah, we're they, back just, there a lot, and we see them coming from stage to go change, and they're in different costumes and makeup, and they're always just like this amazing glowing energy as they go. And I'm sure there's times where they're frustrated or going dark, yeah, and you everything. guys help manage that. But, but they're a team. They're, they're, and there's something there's about a having a team them. and being as a part of a community, and that's, I think, something that's really lost in our industry like yeah there are teams but the dj itself is highlighted as this like end all be all famous person who's up on stage but they're solo like yeah maybe there's a duo like that's the reason i personally prefer djing as a duo because i like having someone next to me that i can riff off of that if something goes wrong they can be there to support me or i can support them like i enjoy like working with someone in a team and i feel like that's just so lost in the dj world and that's why people get all prima donna because they're traveling around the country mm-hmm. solo with no one but their fucking manager just trying to like make them do more shows so they get more money yeah yeah the, well that's that's like true in all parts of life mm-hmm. team things or communicate communication it's like non-existent in world in we're at work or especially in this scene it's just terrible communicate communicators everywhere because <laughs> like either you can't get a hold of them or when you do get a hold of them they're like not approachable oh, or you know like we you know what I mean? definitely deal with that all the time <laughs> i just want to get paid why is it taking me six months why do i have to do a call out on social media to yeah. get paid yeah just different like you know so but again, like that happens at work. Like it's like I don't understand why you can't just communicate sim- something simple. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, one of the things we teach. Like yeah, we teach yoga, but one of the main things we really enjoy is our acro yoga. And people look at it as like, oh, that's cool. You're doing fancy acrobatics tricks. and fancy tricks and shit. But like at the end of the day, it's so much about communication and trust and team building. Totally. And it's cool to be able to add that in. I don't know, in a way to try to build community in a a community that's almost too large Mm -hmm. like the dance music community can be so overwhelming when you go to a show and there's 30,000 people and it's like yeah there's your small group of friends but a bunch of other people sensory overload yeah Yeah. so it's like how do we infiltrate that world in a way that can help people build communication and trust because if we can get that to weave its way into the fabric of that world, I think so many things could be so much better and it would be better for everyone. I mean, it's it's tough because like we're in the world of ignoring text messages and mm. K. 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 The <laughs> fuck does that mean? Yeah. Like, I right, get ignored. <laughs> but it's like, it's so it's hard to like, that's just the acceptable form of communication. You're not answering. <laughs> Or do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. So how do you get people to go from that to being a, a decent communicator, whether even if it's just nonverbal, mm-hmm. like it's like almost impossible. It seems like lately in this generation, like, yeah, there are companies like Amazon, which do it as part of like team building exercises because it's, it's about a bottom line thing that company is trying to make more money and they know they can make more money if everyone communicates better. Uh, but hopefully that can infiltrate deeper. And that's, I guess, to repeat what I was saying before, that's where we're trying to do that, to bring people in who may not really know how to communicate and how do we teach them these little lessons, like nonviolent communication. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, we always go back to that synergy group. Do you know Lauren Ruska? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we did 
a bunch of synergy stuff with her and she works at Amazon and she does a bunch of life coaching stuff at Amazon. And so oh, wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. So it's, I, th- I think I'm, I'm always kind of a glasses half full type of person. I'm always the optimist. And so I think we're in a pretty dark place in terms of a lot of that, but I think, uh, the work is being done behind the scenes by some individuals that are trying to kind of revitalize everything. And that's kind of where we're coming in. When I talked about like our little niche of stepping outside, Mm -hmm. that's one of the things we're trying to do. Um, Cause I think, I think people want it. They crave it. And that's why you're talking about it right now. Totally. If you've been through that shit, you're like, Oh, this would be nice if we could get a little bit of change. Um, So I guess the difference would be learning a little bit about different ways to communicate and uh, leading by example. That's really what we're trying to do. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that is huge because mm-hmm. I think most people agree. I I have zero patience for hypocrites. <laughs> so if you don't lead by example, why the hell should I do it? You know what I mean? Your only example is posting about it on Facebook that you're going to do something you don't and do. It. It. <laughs> yeah. So like, it's, yeah, so that's that goes a long way. That's like a part of, big part of my management style is like, if I'm going to tell you to do something, I'm going to do it just the same way because mm-hmm. I want you to know that if I'm kind of uh, if telling you to do it, then I really believe that that's the right way to do it. Um, and I'm going to show that to you by just actually doing it. So, so I think that that kind of gets lost a lot. It's do as I say, not as I do way more often than it should be. Uh, and I see that with like parenting all the time. And I'm not a parent. I could never say what you're a doggy parent. I Sometimes know, I think that's harder. I honestly. don't know what it's like to raise a human. Yeah. But I see like I mean, anyone can see like, well, I know why they're not doing it. It's because you're not doing it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. So like, are, you, are you down to be a parent someday? No. No? Okay. No. It's just not not in the cards for you as far just, as you see it. I just want a girl and a dog or six. yeah so fair enough what um the girl will come for sure that will happen in your life but like until then like until you're ready for that to happen a lot of a lot of times it's the self-work which i think you're doing right and then once you get yourself aligned in a way that you're ready then that person will weirdly magically appear guaranteed um so what do what are you fingers crossed no no it will (laughs) guarantee you um what are you doing or what fills you up so like what gives you self-esteem what what makes you happy what makes you get up in the morning and what are your motivators at this point um well i have this all that stuff i said about my job uh being awful and before well, now I have a job that I really like. <laughs> so I love going to work every day, which is a weird thing for me. Like, I look, I'm like excited to go to work tomorrow. I have meetings that I know are going to be productive and, and um, people that trust me. And, you know, I have all these different things that are happening for me. And so the, right now, that is probably my biggest motivator and the thing that gives me like the most joy. Um, and then this creature right here, my dog, it's just, I just want to do things for her <laughs> all the time. And I don't, sometimes don't spend as much time with her as, as I should because of maybe not because of work. Um, and then, you know, you get wrapped up in things in the weekends sometimes, but I always 
try and just, even if I come home late or something, it's like, let's get in the car and go for a drive around the block or something so you can put your head out the window. So that's kind of like what keeps me going right now. Um, that's what's building myself up. Um, other than that, like, I want to start working out again. I want to start riding my bike again. Um, but it just hasn't been the right time yet. Because you said you rode your bike somewhat, prof- not professionally, but like competitively? Yeah, I raced for several years. And, okay. Um, so not like mountain bikes. You were like road speed racing? No, I, was, I raced downhill. Okay, so Ooh, downhill so biking. Okay. Yeah, so I, I really miss that. And I, that's like the reason I got into dance music is because people that were on my team started listening okay. to Skrillex. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what Bang is this crap? Ring. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is awful. And then I was like, this isn't so bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I kind of, that took me away from it. And I want to get back into that. But yeah, I guess what keeps me happy right now is my job mostly, which is something I'm still trying to grasp. Um, uh, and your job and your dog have some similarities in the fact that they uh, mm, they put you in a position of feeling needed and you're able to give and to contribute in a way that helps you feel productive. And uh, I'm curious if you've ever read the book or looked into the idea of the five love languages. No. Something you should check out. It's really... Um, Kind of, you could do like an online quiz, I guess, but there's a book that I think is worth a read. It's a pretty quick read, and it just talks about the ways that we give and receive love. And usually, there's like one of the five that's pretty much you in it. And uh, when you start to learn that about yourselves, the, the things that fill you up and and create love in your life or connection, it, a lot of times is also the way you like to give it, right? It's how you tend to give and to receive. And uh, until you figure that out about yourself, it's really hard to know then how to connect with other relationships in your life, whether they be romantic or not. You can even apply it to parenting, right? right. To your kids or to your family members and uh, it sounds to me that um, you really like to be of service, and that's one of the five love languages. Like that, you you get a lot of self esteem from feeling like what you're doing is being valued, and uh, that you're able to contribute. And um, I love that. I think that that's uh, kind of hard to find. It. There's a lot of people who are looking for more verbal praise or a lot of affection or I just want to spend all my time with you. And um, I think that there's a lot to be valued in somebody who just wants to be the guy in the background that helps performers have a fantastic (laughs) night and build them up and help create the space for them. So I think you are definitely on the right track between your job and nurturing this dog and then having side projects like um, managing the performers. I think that you're definitely going in the right direction. It'd be cool for you to just learn a little bit more about that aspect of yourself and understand that part. Because then when you do start to meet other people, you'll start to be able to see... I can read people pretty well of what their love language probably is as I get to know them. And then you'll start to kind of see who you're aligned with a little bit and somebody who might have those similarities. Or you might find yourself in a relationship where you can then communicate and say, hey, this is who I am. This is what helps me feel 
good and happy and loved. And I would love for that to be part of our dynamic. And then vice versa. Like, what about you? How can I be uh, helpful in that way to you? And um, I've had a lot of crash and burn relationships and ones that were really, really, really dark. So I relate to your history as well. And uh, I just hope you never close yourself off to that. There's, well, there's somebody waiting for you. <laughs> when you're I, ready, they appear. I try and approach relationships in a way that whatever happened to that one, I need to learn how to be a better person um, from that side of it. But I also need to like, you're not the one that cheated on me. Mm-hmm. So I can't, or whatever it was, you mm-hmm. know, I, I can't blame you for something that someone else did what we have or whatever we are at this point with X in front of me um, is something completely different. So you kind of like, I always kind of look at it that way Um, as far as relationships go. um, Do you know what you're looking for? The type of partner that you want? um, I I don't know right now because I'm honestly pretty terrified of girls at this point. (laughs) So... Um, I'm very, very cautious in that part of my life right now. And I mean, very cautious. I don't take any chances with that right now. And I've kind of separated myself. You could just make up right now. Like some of the... No fucking clue. Yeah, Yeah, fair enough. Well, (laughs) I would say that you want someone that could communicate well and someone that you can trust. Uh, Maybe someone who's a bit adventurous, wants to... Uh, go biking, go hiking, do outdoor things, but also is down for a little bit of nightlife and music, maybe some techno. Totally. Yeah. Techno, what's maybe that? Not, maybe not too much techno. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little bit. A little bit to like where I can go with them and then sometimes not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess going back to like the, what makes me happy right now is I'm not, yeah, I want a girlfriend. I'm ready to have something that's kind of levels me out um, or however you want to put it. But I'm not looking right now. And again, I'm scared of that. Um, something I have to get over. But as far as my like happiness, my job, and what makes me happy, I don't think I've ever been this happy. So that is kind of what I'm trying to focus on right now is enjoying it. Because like six months ago, it was pretty bad. Um, and so now I'm kind of like, well, I, you know, I, I did what I needed to do and now I need to figure out what I need to do to kind of keep this going. Yeah. So do you have a game plan for that? Because darkness was only six months ago. It really wasn't that long ago. So when you're looking forward towards the future, it's hard because I try to remind Jordan and a lot of the other forward thinkers in my life to like not obsess about the future, like stay very present. But I do think it's okay to have sort of a game plan. Should things start to go dark again? Do you have people that you sort of have in play or a strategy to kind of keep you lighter and not necessarily dive deep again? Um, I mean, obviously it depends on what would take me there, but, uh, yeah, I, I have people that know what to look for now, mm-hmm. I think. And I have, like, Woo in Virginia, I think <laughs> they know. And I don't know how they know. Because they're Woo's, magical Woo, beings? Woo specifically. I love them so much. Um, 
just he knows when to just be like go over there and stop for a second Reset. and just think about it and like it's okay if you're thinking this and let's kind of get out of it you know like I'll text him like if I want to go nuclear or something on social media about something that happened I'll just text him instead and that's how I do it so like he's like don't do that and I'm just, that's what I say to him. I said, this is me doing it. <laughs> so it doesn't go anywhere else, but it's me being able to actually do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Wu's been through some shit yeah. and he's seen some people go dark. Mm -hmm. And so I think he's definitely um, a good candidate on that end to be able to, to help out with some things. You know, he's going to level out the trifecta and get him on the podcast sometime soon. <laughs> and then once we've done each of you individually, I know I want to get all four of us in this room together. I think it'd be a, a funny dynamic a, to talk between everyone. something else. <laughs> but yeah, it's definitely good that you have someone like Wu who's able to kind of tune in to what you need. Um, well, he also has this like, I don't think magical is a strong enough word, but his girlfriend is fucking amazing. <laughs> We, so we Virginia, fell in love like yeah. we literally i don't know if you know this about our relationship but we like kind of knew her through the music world and through social media but that was i i knew her as jason's girlfriend yeah I, i've known jason Very since like vaguely. 2012 or something like that and then she put her trust in us to be in our yoga training i don't think she had ever even taken a yoga class from us nope. committed to that journey which is a really big journey and I think it was the first day we went home that night and we were like, whoa, Virginia, like yeah. that girl. And she's going to be in our wedding. She's amazing. She's, she's special. Yeah. So then the two of them together, like, wow, what a combo. That's a, that's a dynamic duo for sure. Yeah. They're, I definitely envy that. <laughs> that. And, and envy is fair enough, but, uh, without knowing much at all i know they've been through their shit they've had their challenges totally. for sure and so it's one of those it's super easy to be envious of what you expect someone else's relationship to be like i was like that forever for so long and we live in this social media world that's all about comparison and mm -hmm. you just see people's best foot forward because you notice them on a different level and even when you are like hanging out with them as a couple more than likely they're putting on their couple face which is a different facade than they have on when they're at home bickering about you know some random bullshit and the only reason i bring that up is like just i've had to work really hard on not comparing myself to other people it's tough what gig someone else is doing over me like what girl they're dating over me like all these different things that it's super easy to focus on but i think it is good to see that type of relationship to look up to it yeah, to, it's more to like notice a, what you goal. value in it yeah and to align yourself to be around yeah. those types of relationships is really good and for sure i know some people some friends that i love dearly but they're <laughs> single and they're hating being single and they almost make me feel bad about being happy sometimes and so i think yeah, you can't do that yeah as a single person you have to really be cautious of that and and if you want to align yourself with power couples that are like doing great things and you want that in your life like be mindful of being a part of it without trying to pull it down to where you your unhappiness is right and so yeah I think, don't bring people down just because you can't have it yet. yeah <laughs> but but don't also don't shy away from it because i've also yeah. lost friends 
now that I'm in a fantastic relationship because they they feel maybe left out or like they're bummed that they don't have that versus just saying hey come hang out with us like we get bored just the two of us we want to hang out with other people we don't need it to be another couple and maybe and the more yeah we love third <laughs> wheels but like the more you're around those types of couples i think the more of a chance that you're going to help cultivate who your person is but i think that's the big thing is instead of thinking I need to find who that other person is. You got to find who you want to be for whoever that person is. Mm -hmm. You got to create yourself. And by hanging out with those people, you can pick up tips and tricks and you're around them and you kind of feed off of what it takes to be a good partner Mm -hmm. because it's not going to be this person is going to come around. They're going to make your life better. Right. Like you have to understand what you want first for that person to manifest. Mm -hmm. That's where I am right now. Yeah. It's like I'm, I, I'm not. I'm. I'm ready to have it. I don't know if I'm ready to have it. Well, we had yeah. we had Christian in here, back in uh, what was that like December or something? He was kind of our first success or, story. Or before that, November, October. It was quite yeah. a while ago. But he came in and he was talking about a bunch of similar stuff. Just being like, I got what makes me happy. I'm working towards some other stuff, and someday I would like to have a girlfriend. Within a few months, suddenly he was in a relationship, and I think it. And I, d- I don't want to like put anything about this podcast, but I think him getting that out verbally kind of tuned his brain to be like, all right, yeah, I've done all the things that I need to do. I'm in a good place right now. I I have crafted myself to be the individual I would like to be. And then, oh, yeah, here's this individual who I already knew, but it wasn't right until I was ready. Right. And that's way more important than you care to realize mm-hmm. even in that time. It's tough to realize. Yeah. Um, I guess going back to what I was saying about like, I envy that relationship or a relationship, what you guys have, like I, I, it might be weird to say, but I envy the work. I don't, it's not sunshine rainbows all the mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be. <laughs> Disney has ruined us all. I feel like that is anything that's, that's just not real. So yeah. like. I like, I, I want, that's kind of like what I envy the most is like all that work that kind of goes into like, well, you're either going to destroy each other or make each other like way better. Yeah. Unfortunately, it seems that most of the time people get either scared to leave or, or whatever it is. And then they end up destroying each other if it's not right. And they should just leave way before when they realize it. But when it's right, I just man, I just can't wait to put that work in. Just like, oh yeah, maybe I shouldn't be such a piece of shit. (laughs) (laughs) The big indicator is take an international trip. That's what we've kind of decided. (laughs) Like within the first year, maybe around the first year. It's a good test. It's a great test to know whether or not you and that person can work. And ideally somewhere where you don't speak the language. Okay. I mean... Just yeah. causes that anyway. extra. <laughs> yeah, just go so there anyway. So not Canada. Don't right. go to Canada. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah, Seattle's big brother or whatever. Yeah, exactly. it's, like, it's not different. Yeah, I. it's interesting because I've had relationships that were a lot of work, uh, but there was not a lot of reward. And I would say like Jordan and I, we work and we hustle, but in a different way. Like it doesn't really ever feel like, ugh, we got to work on a relationship. It really needs to improve. It's just like this thing that we do together. We are both individuals who 
are constantly trying to level up as human beings and so we push each other in in ways without really even meaning to so like i love him exactly how he is i don't need him to change at all i don't like him (laughs) but (laughs) i'm constantly (laughs) trying to improve and grow as a person and so because i'm doing that then he sees that and goes oh well i want to do that too and so we uh inadvertently push each other and help drive each other and in that way the work happens Mm -hmm. and i would say like our We'll go ahead and air some dirty laundry. Um, our oh. probably biggest challenge in some ways is like talking it out. So like not shutting down for on both ends. So if we are having a, a moment that is not going well, his kind of go-to is uh, usually shut down. and But it's a very obvious shutdown. Like I'm fucking pissed. We are not talking right now. I need to be over here. And then my brain is like, oh, no, no. You need to talk to me. I'm not okay with that. Um, or vice versa if he's like, just kind of being a dick for whatever reason i'll go inward and i'll just kind of not quite go dark but just be not as in it as as i should be and so i think like those uh having those conversations even when you don't want to that's that's hard that's work when you're like ugh, it's late i'm tired can't we just go to bed no we're gonna we're gonna talk that is that is hard that's but really it's so hard. worth it because then when you're done with that conversation, you're like, oh, that was totally worth it. I'm totally. glad we did that. Like mm-hmm. that we got somewhere with that and I feel better now because of it. Or just grab a Snickers. What? Yeah, stop being a diva. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wish we could eat Snickers. <laughs> uh, what, what you said though, like you're like, I want someone that makes me want to like forces me to improve. Mm-hmm. That's just what I want in general with any relationship I ever have Agreed. with anyone. Just Agreed. like, I just want to be like, yeah, obviously I really, really love that with a girlfriend or whatever. And, um, but as just as, I mean, Connor and Tony, like that were that way for so long for me. Um, just like, seems like he's doing a little bit better than me and think I need to do a little bit more work and do a little better than him. You know, it was like friendly competition, but it, we all made each other like better because of it. And like, I have several different relationships where it's, that's like I thrive off that. I like to just sit back and, or I like to just sit and talk shit to people, just back and forth, just because I enjoy. It's the not banter. that I'm like you're. I think these things about you. It's and usually it's not anything like even really mean or anything. It's just funny and it keeps you like kind of on your toes, um, and it kind of like I want someone to just shut me down, <laughs> and because it challenges me. That's that's, what I want. that's huge because in my personal experience, being a DJ in the nightlife industry is you get girls that think that you're some hot shit because you've you know projected your ego, and then you find girls that are almost complacent. They're, they're, they're like, not whatever. Well, yeah, and they're not in it to push you because they already like look up to you, and then it just inflates your ego, and it's oh, this like garbage pump. Instead, yeah. I found someone like Antonella who was like, "Oh no, like we're gonna push you, and you're gonna you're gonna try to be better, and you're gonna work harder. You're gonna try this, even though if you don't think you like it, you're gonna try it anyway." <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. So I've done that a lot with food. Like, <laughs> Are you picky? We. Um, were you picky? My parents were picky, mm. oh, so that made me kind of. I just didn't have that. Um, drive i mean i i have my own personal drive to try new foods like i guess in this example but 
Um, if I like look at something and I'm not too sure about it, I go back to my old ways. I'm like, mm-mm. What's your go-to? Like, what? It, what? It, I don't know what you're eating. We've never eaten with you. Now that I think about What's it. What's my like favorite food? Yeah. Fuck, I don't know. <laughs> um, are you like a meat and potatoes guy? Are you like a pizza guy? Do you like are you down with tacos? Do you cook? Oh, I love Mexican food. Yeah. See, see there I you love go. Mexican. I, love I Italian. feel you on that. Um, but like fish, I don't really like fish. Is it like a texture thing or the smell? Kind of the texture and mm. also kind of like whether it's what I tell you or not when we're in this situation, I'm just kind of afraid of it. Mm-hmm. And I don't fuck with sushi because raw food. Interesting. Okay. I don't do raw food. Yeah. Like, nope. Cook Sorry. it. Sorry. Cook it, Cook it <laughs> real and, day. And that texture too. Just, I mean, I've, I've tried sushi mm. and it was, I mean, I didn't see why it was, people love it so much, but... That's just me, but I, for me, I was like chewing it. Like, was this ever gonna stop being chewy? <laughs> <laughs> um, and gross, slimy thing, <laughs> you know. So that's, you know, for me, it's kind of like I guess the way I. There are certain foods where like I really don't like them, and I don't want to try them. But I I'm, mean, not liking sushi will save you a lot of money. It's expensive. Yeah. Yeah, well, speaking like of saving money, do you like cooking? Oh, I love cooking. Okay. Yeah. I'm not very good at it, I don't think. Do you have like a specialty, like go to? Um, like Jordan makes really good guacamole, like really good. And quesadillas. And quesadillas. Mm. No. Still, still <laughs> working on the skills. So um, I, I would say, uh, what was it? The um, what's that? Tim Ferriss. Four Hour Chef. The That's Four Hour Chef thing. is a great book. By Do you know Tim who Tim Ferriss is? Mm-hmm. He's like a podcaster, inspirational dude, and he like wrote a book called like Four Hour Work Week, and basically, I don't know, wrote about how he could work for four hours in the work week and devote the rest to other things, and he's like written four or five books now. It's like super wildly successful. Crazy. Yeah. And um, he's. Four hour chef would be cool for you because it's like a very like, okay, this is what you need to know about how to cook. And then you'll start to come up with whatever your signature thing is. But you should pick one thing that you want to like get really good at, like something that you're like pretty good at cooking, but then it's going to become your thing. Like play around with it, try different spices, try different techniques until you're like, oh, yeah, I got invited to this dinner and i'm supposed to bring something and you like know right away oh yeah i'm gonna bring this and then some girl is like oh this cheesy dip is delicious who made it and you're like that was me she's like oh shit this dude can cook see i i love asparagus (laughs) so maybe i should go something off that yeah do you normally grill it or how do you prepare your asparagus um all sorts of different ways grill it um like put it in a pan kind of I'm really picky on asparagus. She's overcooked. I made asparagus last night. I love asparagus. I like it with a little bit of crunch to it. I overcooked it a little bit. It's because it's on the big green egg. It was good last night. Oh, thanks. I like it. (laughs) Thanks for the invite. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, So I I had this asparagus salad once. Have you ever had that? No. 
That's changed my life. Wow. And then I went back to the place and he took it off the menu. Shut up. See, like, you got to make it yourself so now. I so mad when that so, happened. Yeah, but I have no idea how they So you know what I do? Experiment. Anytime I'm at a restaurant and there's something, I'll take a picture of the menu item because it'll usually list like what all was in it. I do it at grocery stores too, like in the deli area at Whole Foods. And they're like, like, why is she taking pictures? But then you can reference back to it and kind of try to figure out your own thing. We made, uh, we had a dinner last night for all of our teachers trainees like a big family dinner and everybody after was like that chili was so good i want the recipe and i was like okay like i don't work off recipes (laughs) like i don't know i'll put i'll be like do some cans of this and some spices (laughs) like that and they're gonna be so annoying because they're gonna want like tablespoons and specifics i just don't cook that way so yeah she's a mom i like just that. throw shit together and she's like oh work. kitchen sink what's in the cupboard what's in the refrigerator <laughs> all right cool <laughs> I <know>. exactly <laughs> i have been just eating out too much lately so. it's so expensive. Uh-huh. so expensive brutal i know well i just brutal. i work in south lake union and i'm like well there's like a thousand food trucks mm-hmm. and all these great food everywhere i'm just Peanut butter and jelly sandwiches doesn't sound very good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. know, it makes it, it a lot easier because you don't have to go grocery shopping all the time and buy things specifically. It's way more expensive though. I'm like yep. one of the only hundred percent Italian people that you'll meet that's obsessed with tacos. I can eat them every meal, oh, every day. I love avocado. I love tacos, like especially good street tacos from the mm-hmm. food trucks. It's fucking weird. I don't get it. I don't. He's I could, like, are we gonna really have tacos again? I'm like, is there? A, that's a bad thing. Like, let's do it. It's everything you need right there. It's oh, so tacos good. are fantastic. We tacos, tacos all the pizza, time. good cocktail. I'm set. Ooh, what's your cocktail of choice? Old fashioned. Remind me what's in that. I've had uh, it. Usually like a bourbon or a rye, and. Honestly, I don't really know what else is in it. There's um, some bitters or something amazing. in it. Yeah. Um, and then like a like the rind of an orange. Okay. So, so it's like my it's my drink. Well, that's another thing you better learn then. So you got to be able to I make know, one good make dish it's and true. one really good cocktail. So when you do have a special lady over, you can. She has to like whiskey. And scotch. I mean, so there's a requirement. I, I feel like most put that in most <laughs> women like they just like what you want to make for them. I don't know. At least that's how I am. Like I, I'm not gonna be super picky if somebody's like put in the thought and the effort to be like, here, this is something I want to make for you. The I'm same thing you said. You're down to try new foods. Yeah, totally. I mean, if you if you introduce them to how delicious and old fashioned is, and they create this memory <laughs> that's associated with hanging out with you, drinking an old fashioned, they're like, oh, I like an old fashioned. I, like I would love to do that again. Sounds pretty. They good. may drink vodka Red Bull every night, but then when they <laughs> hang out with you, they drink scotch. Yeah, not with me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Not that I have not enjoyed a vodka Red Bull or two in my day, but so, sometimes you got to stay awake. When I'm party. at home, yeah, when I'm at home, I'm just like, just give me some. What's bit. coming up for you this summer? Do you have any like travel plans or things that you're trying to make happen? Um, as far as traveling right now, I'm trying I'm going to Monaco next year on my birthday. Monaco. So that's what. For, what's making you go there? How does that happen? Formula One. So Formula One is like. Uh, my favorite thing ever. Okay. So, um, yeah, it, there's a race there every year on my birthday, like Memorial Day weekend. So, um, it's also the south of France. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's on the Mediterranean. That doesn't so hurt. It's, you know, 
it's pretty cool. Have you been there before? No. Mm-hmm. So that's something that we're working on right now. Uh, Wu is going to go with me probably. And nice. It's expensive. Yeah, I bet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anything F1 is expensive, let alone the travel to get there. Yeah, just getting there is going to be kind of a challenge, but we'll figure it out. Have um, you ever thought about doing anything F1 related, like getting deeper into it somehow? Um, it's not an American yeah. thing. Um, you couldn't live here, basically. No, which is not something I'm upset about. <laughs> I would be upset about. Um, but yeah, it, it's. I don't think that there would be any way to, for me. I'm not an engineer or an aerodynamicist or yeah. <laughs> you, know, you just like it. I just yeah. I'm a huge. And sometimes nerd. it's good to keep your passion separate from right. And I think that's where a lot of people struggle with the music world. It's like, that's their passion. They're like, I want to DJ. <laughs> and then they start DJing and they get behind the scenes and then they're in the industry. And then they're like, oh, my God, now I can't go to a show anymore because I hate everything about it. Right. Yeah. So. Like, like when I, I, I think ABGT was the last show that I actually went and listened to the music. Uh, like at Paradiso, I, I heard one set. I mean, I was on the main stage the whole time didn't hear any of it mm-hmm. yeah that was I, was I was working pretty hard and, and i i don't really enjoy being at shows anymore like it's just i like to go there and talk to my friends um and bitch about the music and the dj <laughs> but um other than that i'm just like unless i'm working i don't really want to be there um there's a picture of you and Jade, I think, from last year, I want to say, Paradiso. I don't remember, but there's like a picture. I think you're wearing a shirt that says Techno on yeah. it or something. It you was both... from ABGT. Oh, it was from ABGT. Yeah. It's yeah. a perfect picture because you both have this look like, what? Yeah, the Why? Techno kids go to the trans wave. <laughs> I love it. Yep. Yeah. That's it, all right. That was, ABGT was like pretty cool. Um, yeah. The trance night was like, whatever for me Sunday though Sunday Ooh. was why I was there it was Us bonkers too. I was also met a girl that weekend so like um I had this like added <laughs> thing that made Add me a like it spice. a lot more yeah, <laughs> yeah. so yeah and that was also was the first weekend so of freedom after I quit my job I quit my job the day before uh-huh. <laughs> so like really so there's a good spot yeah yeah all these things like just kind of yeah that and really Juna Deep Sunday was pretty epic that was what we were there for yeah. too i mean obviously above and beyond is fantastic but we were really wanting those sunday vibes and it smashed Dude, my expectations 16-bit set was oh just so mine good. just uh felt and like they were playing every deep, song deep, for deep, me deep, 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 and everybody was there yeah yeah like everyone you wanted to be there of friends group and whatnot they were all there and that was the first like show where Wu and i kind of we're finally at a show um, where we weren't working together. And we just kind of got to, we both weren't working. We, he was so excited about not we working We didn't have show. our phones on us or anything. His was like dead for like two days or something. He didn't care. That's Perfect. the best. That show was like a turning point in our friendship for mm-hmm. sure. Um, ever since then, it's been like, well, we were friends and now we're like. Now you're family. Now we're different. You know, like, nice. so that was another cool thing that I have to like kind of remember and reflect on based on that. So that weekend was pretty awesome. (laughs) Well, and I think those types of situations make you a little bit pickier, just like um, when you have turning point relationships or turning point events or shows that you go to, 
at least for us, we've gotten a lot more picky about what we go to. And and even if we do go out, we might not stay very long. We might go talk to the people we need to talk to because we need to kind of stay out and about, especially since we're on the east side. It takes a little bit more logistics and planning. Oh, yeah. Um, but then when you do find the shows that you really want to go to and you want to hear the music and you want to connect with your friends, it's just that much better. So cool. I don't need to go out, you know, several times a weekend or even, you know, more than once a month. I just want to make sure that it's a, it's a fuck yes. That's definitely been our right. motto. Just well, that, that was just a cool thing to have here. It's like, whether you like them or not, it's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> like they just brought their whole like circus to and just exposed this venue that we have, yeah, like to the world. We had a couple friends that bailed last minute, and we we're like, "Are you kidding? Like, what are you? Are really like, what? How are you not making this happen?" Yeah. So yeah. It, yeah, that was bonkers. That show. <laughs> uh, that Sunday though, like, what the hell was that? That was so amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so then I went. I remember I went home to get to my dog that day too. So. Oh, so many good things from that weekend. Yeah. <laughs> any shows this summer that you're going to try to make it to? Are you working any of them? Um, no, I'm, I don't think. I think my next gig will probably be, as far as working, Freak Night. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never been to Freak Night. Really? Yeah. That okay. was my first ever rave. It's a lot of people's first ever. Yeah, that was a... Yeah, I remember at the end of the night, I was like wearing a fedora for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why I always Because why that. not? My lady. Yeah. It was like, I think the girl I was seeing at the time, she it was part of her costume. And I was like, you know, being stupid, I was like, I'm going to wear that. Just like prancing around with a fucking fedora on. Because nice. I didn't dress up. I was like, this is my costume. I <laughs> am <laughs> <So. laughs> taking this and now yeah. I'm dressed up for Halloween. Uh, yeah, I haven't been to Freak Night or Resolution. Okay. Yeah. Freak just, night. Just lucky. And Freak night could be pretty sad. cool if like Carl Cox and friends is there. <laughs> well, I personally love Halloween. Like I love yeah. dressing up and I love Halloween. So I probably should go at one point, but you know, I don't know. We're kind it's of on two a days different... now, right? I haven't been uh, to Freak Night in a few years. It was the last two years. I don't know if they'll do it again two, two days yeah, in a row. It kind of depends. No, I guess they have the last three years. This year we're going to be... Uh, I think on an airplane. I don't think we're here for Halloween this year. Really? Yeah, I think we'll be on our way oh, to what? a yoga retreat in Mexico, Tulum. I, I didn't even Bummer. think about that. I know, right? <laughs> it's so funny because like, there's a lot of FOMO moments where we're like, so oh, many. we really want to go to this festival or this event, and like we're missing so many things in July. And it, and then as I'm like saying no to the event on Facebook or being like, oh, bummed, we can't make it. Like then I'm like, we're gonna be in Paris and Italy. Uh, never mind. I that sounds pretty shitty. Yeah. Like <laughs> have a great event. Sorry, like, I'm missing your set, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. I've, I've definitely said that to several people. Like, sorry, I can't be there, but I'm going to be in but Italy. We generally, and like, yeah. Mm, yeah, we generally I feel bad at all. <laughs> yeah, we generally like feel sad sometimes to miss certain things because there are there are friends that are doing really cool things that we want to be there and we want to support them. And but we also have a lot of our own stuff going on. Speaking so. of those little things, have you been to any fest like minor festivals? I guess we'll say like small scale small festivals. Ones. You mean like a. Uh, I can't even think of the name. Well, like Cascadia is one. No. Um, 
I guess and the difference would be like transformative that, festivals. What's the one that happens in Oregon that everyone loves so what much? What the festival? What the fest? Yeah, oh my I haven't God, been to that, that either. So everyone, everyone seems to fucking love that it's one. So awesome. what I would recommend, where it seems to be the next step for a lot of people when they've gotten into the music world and they've kind of got burnout on the festival main stage craziness, is trying to find a smaller boutique festival where you go because you're not going to see the music. You're going to hang out with friends who are down to go. You're going to. I don't know, play around, explore, see art exhibits and just like have a weekend where you can kind of escape. Like think of it like a weekend camping with friends in the mountains. Yeah, you're not going to digitally unplug, but you're going to kind of unplug from whatever that world is without it being EDC or Coachella. This just like massive main stage monster craziness. Um, And Cascadia is one of them that's up here. And we have some other friends that are throwing a yoga festival that same weekend. And we have some other friends who are throwing a small, like, private festival that weekend. So, unfortunately, that's a rough weekend. But I would recommend trying some kind of small little. Isn't there like a noise complaint stage at Cascadia? Yeah, there is. That'd be cool. I've heard some great things about Cascadia as an event where it's, I mean, yeah, music is great. And some people can bring in some really good artists. But. There's something about this environment that gets created that kind of taps into all those things, just like you felt on Sunday at ABGT. Like, yeah, music was great. There were also really good people. There were really great vibes. Like, there wasn't some main stage craziness going on. Yeah. And I, I think, yeah, I, I like where you're going with that. I want to do that for sure. Um, but I also just want to go camping. Yeah. Just, Fair enough. Like, yeah. Turn my phone off and just not talk to people. Uh, but with be with friends, obviously not going myself. But you know, it happen. Take my dog out. And yeah. Does she like to camp? Have you taken her? She's never. I mean, I haven't had her for a summer yet. So oh. this is her first summer. You guys have to go on a camping adventure. Yeah, How we're cool gonna do that, that and she's gonna get in the hammock, and she's gonna she's gonna love it. I think. But yeah. I just it's so hard to find people to go camping with. Why do people hate camping so much? Get that because we're creatures of comfort, like we like our cell phones, yeah. Our power. I actually like camping quite a bit, but we do it so much for work that we actually invested in a trailer, so we don't really like do legit camping anymore. I mean, it's still out in the woods and sitting in front for of a fire. Sure. Oh, I'm totally I mean, that's, down that's for the that. Best part. Totally down for that. Well, so it's that's why nice I'm super down for <laughs> the, the little private festival that we're gonna do mm-hmm. because, yeah, there's gonna be music. And there's going to be other people, but there's going to be like 200 people. It's like, that's not too many people. And you're going to be there with friends camping and in the woods, set up and, a campfire yeah. and you'll be out camping. We should, we should send him. Okay. It's kind of an invite only festival, but mm-hmm. we'll, we'll mm-hmm. send it to you. Those are fun. Yeah. It's on the Those download. are more fun. Yeah. It's on the download. Exactly. There's no but advertising. I, but anything. I do think you could set up a group camping expedition the difficulty is you know getting everyone's schedules to align mm-hmm. you gotta like schedule like a year in advance i know like, it sucks it's july how about july 2019 let's yeah. set up a camping trip well and then like even if you do manage to get it planned people are just be like whatever happened and no, yeah. i'm not gonna go yeah well we're not of. fun friends with that because our the majority of our work falls on the weekends so if we're going camping it's on like a monday tuesday which is when a lot of you guys are working yeah uh so yeah we have like a couple friends that we have a few little camping excursions planned this year because they're on similar weird schedules um but yeah we 
we don't really. So if you ever quit your Amazon job. Yeah. Or if you, <laughs> you, you want to go camping. Yeah. Or if you want to take like a Monday, Tuesday off, like those for some reason tend to be our open days. And then we work usually the rest of the week, Thursday through Sunday at least. Yeah. I think I, if I were to do it, I would say try to do like a Sunday night. Go up on a Sunday morning, go hike up somewhere, stay Sunday night. That's take like Monday the best time work. to do it though, because yeah. everyone's leaving. That's yeah. what I'm saying. You, you don't have to deal with all the, the past traffic. Yeah. Oh, or like when you get there, everyone's so like packed up and yeah. gone. You're like, yeah. you to pick and do choose. Do you have any yeah, sweet spots that you like to go? Um, I always went out um, to like kind of out by Mount Rainier because I grew up in kind of like Bonnie Lake area. Mm-hmm. So four tens right there. You just jump on four ten. You're at Mount Rainier in like an hour. Mm-hmm. So we'd go out there and go camping, and it's beautiful out there. Yeah, we never go that way. No. We should yeah, go you that should way. Totally down. go down there. We tend to go like towards Leavenworth or over, you know, past Snoqualmie or something. But... See, now that's what I do now because yeah. I never had that before. Mm. So now, but I miss going down out there on four ten. You should totally do that because there's so many places where you can just drive up to the top of the peak. Yeah. on a forest service road and just camp Ooh. and you're like the mount like mount rainier is like like right next to you <laughs> that sounds beautiful it's awesome i'm down for that let's do it and it's free you just drive up there and just find an open spot on the hill and just we got a discover pass that's true good to go i don't think you would even need that you probably right don't there. even need nice. it is a trailer yeah. accessible i mean we could sleep in a tent you could but. yeah you just, just suck it up pitch <laughs> a tent in the back of the, the truck. trailer honestly for us is for sanity at festivals because oh, i bet the partying uh we want to pick and choose how much of that we do especially because we're there working and so it's so nice to be able to go in our little bubble when we need to and not come home and be exhausted for days uh, i mean we're still tired after festivals but it's definitely a lot better just having that little our little home that we get to go hide out in i mean and sleeping on the ground sucks <laughs> yeah. like no, nobody likes that <laughs> we have a good air mattress but yeah. backpacking we don't have a good air mattress that's true it's a big ass air mattress <laughs> so yeah i wouldn't there's a difference between like backpacking back and like yeah i drove my truck up which is a cool thing but like i went backpacking uh with dave and tobin like four years ago or something and we climbed up i think it was like rachel lake or something it was sweet it was like an eight mile hike up to the top and there's like a lake up there and we were the only people up there so cool that sounds beautiful so the one thing i've been wanting to do with a girl for so long is just go out to like somewhere out in the mountains and just drive up there's one uh like in stanby passes this road that i know in particular you drive up and you just drive all the way up to the top and then just you can see all these there's so many stars from up there and i just want to fill my truck with blankets and just have a nice moment with someone. Yeah, and just camp in the back of the truck. But every time I'm in a fucking relationship, it never happens. <laughs> Life gets in the way. <laughs> well, it's like either that or like they're just not down to do something like that. So then obviously we're not in relationships anymore. But like it's every time I'm just like, man, I just want to do this. I don't know why it's so fucking hard to find someone who wants to do this. So we're going to add that to your wish list. Yeah, add yeah. that to my wish list. And then seeing a movie with a girl you know how hard that is yeah because we've actually just tried to start to get into the habit of that 
Um, we like never ever go to movies, and then we just went to two recently, and we were like, "Why don't we do this more often?" She bought a movie pass, and you get like super oh, she- cheap movies on Tuesdays, and we're like, "All right, every Tuesday, let's go see a movie." And every Tuesday rolls around, and either that night or the next morning, we're like, "Fuck!" We forgot to go to a movie. <laughs> you need to put like a reminder in your phone or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we just need to mark it on our schedule. It's Taco nice. Tuesday and movie. Well, especially because oh, right here in Winville. Oh, that's the best date night ever. Well, is it one of the movie places where you can eat? Yeah. And drink and whatever? Well, it's uh, no. the one that, well, the, yeah, I guess this one, they don't like serve you at this one, but they have the really plush, nice recliners, which to me is kind of the only way to see a movie now. I'm super spoiled. I hate it. Yeah. such a Woodenville thing. I but know, you, right? <laughs> have you been to IPIC anytime recently? Not in a long IPIC's time. IPIC's next level. Like, like yeah, there are comfortable seats at Woodenville, but you go to IPIC and it's like, cush. And you get like a blanket. And they, and they like come dinner. in and they're, yeah, they come in and they're like, like, what do you want to order? Yeah. yeah, that's a date. That's a date. But we just, we tend to watch movies in bed. Like by the time we watch something, it's so late at night and, I don't want to be wearing clothes and have other people around me. Like I'd rather just watch a movie in my bed. That's why movies are hard. But (laughs) yes, movies are great. Got to go to more movies. Totally. And and got to channel your inner 15 year old and go back to movies. That's actually been quite a struggle for me in like the last four relationships. Trying to get them to go see a movie like hard and it's never happened. Interesting. I'd be like, all right, I'll do this for you. And then I do wow. it, and just then see it a wouldn't damn happen. Movie. <laughs> like, are you a movie, a damn movie? Are you a movie fan? Like, no, oh. I don't. I don't really even like going to movies. Oh, I just want to see a movie with a girl, hold her hand or something. Oh, that's like, sweet. You know. have very like old school vibes to you in in a lot it's my of parents. ways. Is it? Yeah, I like it. I think it's cute. Considering his favorite drink is an old fashioned. Yeah, yeah. there you go. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I didn't learn that from them, but yeah. <laughs> I like simple things. Like, I like, you know, holding hands. I don't know. I'm a hopeless romantic, I guess. So how do you hold hands? This is a topic <laughs> with us lately. Okay, so this is an interesting topic. Like, like show me. So Jordan, bring me your hand. So you tell us how to hold it. So you can either do like, there's, I don't like doing that one. This is where uh, our, our four fingers are together. It's like, it's like we're wearing uh, mittens. Okay, but do it like where only three of them are together. Wait, what? Yeah. Like a pinky? Like how? So my pinky... Like oh, our pinkies are separate? Oh, that's interesting. Whoa. Whoa. So yeah. there, our pinkies are crossed over and then the rest of the hand is holding... I've never held hands like that. So I've had uh, one girl friend. I can't remember who it was. I like it. Or how long ago it was. That's how we held hands. But, he, and we didn't hold hands like that. He just got me on this. And the first time he did it, we're all, so for those who are not. Everyone. <laughs> for everyone who cannot <laughs> this see what's not happening. not being video recorded. Our hands are interlaced. like All the fingers. All yeah, so his it's fingers a tight, are though. wedged in between like my wedged. fingers. I got, I got big fingers. So the thing about that, whatever you want to call that. <laughs> um, the finger sandwich. Um, is... I have to have, I guess in any way that I hold hands, if my hand isn't in front, it mm. bothers me. Do you have mm. to, is that something uh, for you? No. And that's not like a power thing. It's just like my arms are longer mm-hmm. and it kind of like. I get it because mine has to be from behind. I hate having my arm in front. If yeah. my arm is in front, unless it's like one of my kids, but if right. it's like someone that yeah. I'm with, uh, relationship, no, I, guess I, I always want saying. my hand behind. I agree. 
Yeah, it's but like, I was always this type of a hand holder, you know, fingers closed. And then he started to do this interlacing thing. And the first time he did it, I was like, what are we doing? Why is this happening? And he <laughs> she was like, like legitimately weirded out. I was like, why is this weird? We're holding hands. I thought that was like the norm, right? No, it felt me very too. suffocating. I was like, ah, I feel like you're going to chop my fingers off with your <laughs> giant fingers. He has big hands. And I actually have very big hands, but yeah. his are even bigger than mine. And um, But now I actually like it. But I think I'm going to adopt your... You need to do the three finger the, one. I think so yeah. too. I like that one. The three finger uh, hold, but then <laughs> the last like fingers a, like lock, locks just it Just try three fingers, babe. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. Earmuffs, Emmeline. Earmuffs. <laughs> Poor Emmeline. Her tail's like... <laughs> <laughs> um, no, the three finger one, whatever we should come up with a name for it. That's mm-hmm. not three fingered. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, it's called the pinky lock. Yeah, it's like... Pinky lock changed my whole life i like it <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna try that one and then every time that i hold your hand like that jordan will think of drew that's our, what, our that's what we're really going for here <laughs> we were talking about like having to cook a meal and like old fashioned but i think what's really gonna get you is the first time you hold a girl's hand and she feels that if, if she does it oh, oh boy match made in heaven yeah <laughs> So do Fuck all, the whiskey at that so point. So now I, I want to go a little deeper into all of this type of topic because I, I think this is very revealing about a person. So what about kissing? How do you feel about kissing? Are you like How a, do I feel about it? Yeah. Or do you like kissing? Oh, yeah. Okay. Because some guys are like, meh, kissing's like whatever. Like Kissing for me is like, uh, it's, I don't know how to put this without sounding like the worst human being ever. <laughs> um, it's like a corner. fun game. Um, and think that it should be because there's like so many different ways that you can like, yeah, you can just like kiss and whatever, and that's fine. Or you can like, when you're like making out or whatever, like there's like, well, hold on. Like I'm going to like kind of play with you a little bit. Yeah. Um, and I think that that is lost on so many people. There's so many bad kissers out there. Terrible. And I don't get it. I, so I'm when like, you encounter when you encounter a bad kisser, do you what? What's your strategy? Mean, I want to hear from both of you on this. Do you say something? Do you like on, school them on it? That's a tricky thing. That's, that's a tricky yeah, territory. it depends on why they're a bad kisser. Because mm. some of the things that you just can't fix, like I don't know why your lips are so tight right now. <laughs> I feel like I'm kissing your teeth. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like sometimes too, you just get like I feel like I'm kissing a dog or something. Like oh, why there's like such a like. So much saliva and tongue. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I've been pretty lucky in the kissing world, I would say. I've, I think it goes back like, to lead by example. Ooh. Yeah. 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 I mean, don't just say of. how you want it, but, okay, like, but, but, but like lead them in the direction with your mouth skills and yeah. maybe they'll follow suit. The cool thing about like when you first kiss someone is like that. I wouldn't say it's awkward, but that like first five minutes where you're trying to figure out each other still, because mm-hmm. like, and then you meet, you figure it out, and you meet in the middle. You're like, sorry, I just hit my my, your, my tongue to see your teeth a bunch of times or yeah, whatever. Like the teeth smash. Well, I tried to to do that, and your mouth was closed or something. You know what I mean? Like so, like that like learning process of it is like. I always think that's really fun. Do you kiss <laughs> on the weird. first date? Fuck, I don't even remember the last time I had a first date. But I know. What happened to dating? People don't really date anymore, do they? I see. Like, I feel like most of the people that I, I end up dating, I have already kissed at that point. Mm. 
Um, there was like a random hookup and now you're like, maybe we should hang out. <laughs> mm, less random hookup. Mm. Um, that's not something I've ever done a lot of, which people think I have, but it's not something I've done like a lot of. Usually if we hook up, it's there's always more that's happened to get to that point. Not always, <laughs> but most of the time for me. But yeah, as far as kissing on a first date, I mean, yes, I kiss in like the zero date. Yeah. Most of the time. What's your definition of a date is kind of the tough thing. Like it, it's, I'm not courting you. I'm not like taking you out to dinner and a movie like we're talking about and holding hands first. And like, right. It I just think, brings it back to being like 15 years old versus like, oh, we're out at a club and we're dancing and like, oh, we kissed like, all right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, I think, excuse me, I think that, um, in order for me to have the courage to ask you out, on a date especially, um, I have already had to have had the courage to kiss you mm. because that um, is like something that, I don't know, I guess I don't really know how to explain this, but that is how I show kind of my feelings because mm-hmm. kissing for me is this like, uh, I don't know, I it's like I'm a very emotional person and very like, uh, wear it on my sleeve, and that's kind of one of the ways I show it to a per, to a girl um, is by doing that, and kind of like initially, that's how I initialize the "Hey, I like you" mm-hmm. kind of thing. But I'm not going to take it far, but I want you to know that mm, a little hand I'm right holding, here. a little up? smooches, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I definitely yes. I don't know. Yeah. I've encountered some really bad kissers to the point that I've definitely had to have like the conversation. Why is it like that? I don't get it. I'm just Um, bad at the conversation. Yeah. I I just, I I have that issue. We were talking about communication before. Like I always just come off as a huge asshole. I I just come off as like super critical. He does. And I I don't mean it, but like I don't know how to say it (laughs) nicely. But yeah, there's definitely people that I, or girls that I've fully stopped talking to or dealing with it anyway because kissing was just painful. Like literally painful. Oh, and you have to realize that that is not the only thing that's going to be bad usually. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, like. You're kind of like if you if the chemistry isn't right with the kissing, uh, yeah. And can you imagine like back in the day when you would be betrothed and married to somebody before ever testing the waters on all of that? That to me, that's just. Way too I mean, risky. there were so many things wrong with that <laughs> anyway. But yeah, no, I couldn't. That yeah, that's just like a that says so many things about the person. Mm-hmm. I think you know as far as romantically what they're kind of like willing to how much they're willing to kind of let themselves go. Mm-hmm. Um, little experimentation. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, like it's like a very raw thing that you're doing with someone. It is weird when you think about it. It, it. is weird. Yeah, where, the, where did that start? Like why? <laughs> why do people kiss? But doesn't like everyone do it? It's not like a specific culture thing. It's not like, oh, you speak English, so you kiss. It's like, the human race just I does really it. want to do some research on that now because I literally have no idea how that Jamie, would... pull that shit up. 
I know we need a we need a producer <laughs> to look up the stuff for us. Yeah, for those not in the room, which is everyone, there is no one else here. <laughs> there no, is no there's no, there producer. Is no Jamie Vernon <laughs> looking shit up there's for us. Two dogs, yeah. <laughs> and they're not doing shit. <laughs> Literally, no help. <laughs> Damn dogs! They like kissing. Dogs kiss. I mean, di- no, differently. not each other. They lick buttholes. Our Steve kisses. Steve licks they smell. everybody in the face. <laughs> I don't think they lick each other. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> well, with the dogs lick us, though. Is that the same thing? I mean, that's kind of what she's trying to say. Yeah. The dogs lick us. They give us kisses. But I'm yeah. not like letting their tongue in my mouth <laughs> yeah <laughs> when it's it happens a, by accident you're like oh god you're not getting <laughs> turned on by it <laughs> it's well, not some foreplay. people are i think but not me uh, yeah, peanut we, butter <laughs> we have this like wedding thing coming up soon where we have Jesus. to kiss in front of people oh, geez, yeah. and we've had a lot of we get our picture taken a lot in a lot of different avenues no and kiss and even before we were a couple, when we were having our picture taken for just different yoga things, they always want us to be like very intimate and kiss. And it's so awkward when people are staring at you and you like look at each other and you're like, oh, okay, I guess we're going in because we're going to kiss and it's going to be on camera. It's always like the most awkward thing. And so I was yeah. asking him the other day, like, what's the game plan for the wedding? Like, are we, is it a smooch? Are we going to like have a little I church I think you should time? go and do it with like, a game plan. Like, yeah. Because it's kind of an awkward moment. practice? When people staring at you. Yeah. <laughs> bummer. <laughs> yeah, bummer. <laughs> right? Are we going big? Are you going left? Am I going left? Oh, like, yeah. Yeah. That's, so we're going to well, be a little bit of like church too much time? planning. Don't yeah. do too much planning. Yeah, right? Because like, <laughs> we'll lose then the where you'll be like, wait, was I supposed to go left or was I supposed yeah. to go right? All over things. This thing basically will do no tongue. But do you go okay. left and right? I tend to go right. Do you do both though? Like, will you be like right, 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 and then hold up <laughs> a little bit of left, 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 yeah, left. yeah, right, Sometimes right, right. If, if we're if we're mashing face pretty hard, yeah, I would say there's some some back and forth action. Some switching, yeah, you gotta yeah, have sure. that. Yeah, I think yeah. oh, I was boring. if it's You're all one, on one direction, yeah, your neck weird. starts to hurt. Yeah, <laughs> I was making out with a girl recently. Um, and she was like, oh, it's so nice that you go the other direction sometimes. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I guess it is. I didn't know that that was like a thing. <laughs> Not a thing. That, that people don't do. Yeah. Could, could you imagine, though, like being an actor or an actress? Ugh. Like I've always talked about wanting yeah, to do Yeah, what about like someday. sex scenes? That must yeah, be so think about fucking that. weird. That yeah. Bizarre. Especially when they're like married. And, yeah, like, you know to someone mean? else. Yeah. That's yeah. also doing it on a different set yeah. somewhere. Yeah, weird. Specific, like the one that specifically comes to mind. She's super in love with Kristen Bell, and Kristen Bell's married to Dax Shepard. Um, do you know who those Kristen are? Bell. Oh, that's the one from Forgetting Sarah Marshall, or something. Yes, she's blonde, little, yeah, yeah, yeah. little firecracker. Yeah. yeah, I love her. And so, uh, and then her husband Dax Shepard did like, uh, what was it? Punked. He did Punked with Ashton Kutcher, and he's been in a oh, bunch yeah, of other okay, stuff like uh, Without a Paddle and. Um, he has a podcast, which I listen podcast, to every single week. Which is, she's in love with him. But he, he puts on a great podcast, and we're watching a, a show right now with him in it uh, called Parenthood. And he kisses this girl that he's with all the time. And then you see Kristen Bell, and you watch her in The Good Place, and she's kissing Chidi or whoever yeah. it is. And so, like, specifically that, you're like, here's two married couples that we both, like, think are really cool. And then you see them kissing other people, like, what looks to be, like, intimate 
and yes, they're actors and actresses. So I get right, it. It's like a professional, but still to watch them like go in and like kiss someone. It's like slightly awkward thinking about that to be kissing someone else. But I think, I think it's all about mindset for sure. I think that that's something that they've had to deal with for a long time. And so I think that they've, it's probably gotten easier, figured it out a little bit. I wouldn't say that it's always easy, but easier. Definitely. But like, I think maybe one night she comes home and she's kind of like grumpy or hadn't had dinner yet. So she's hangry. She's like, wow, you sure really kissed that girl today, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're just saying it's awkward to have someone take a photo of you. Mm-hmm. Imagine yeah. someone doing video of it and getting showed to millions and millions of people on a popular TV show. Well, just like, and then like sex scenes in movies, like, fuck, that must be so have hard you seen, to do. Have you seen uh, The Disaster Artist? You probably haven't. Uh, it, it, I started watching it and I could not. It was so fucking, fucking weird. weird. Fucking weird. Yeah. But uh, James Franco and his brother, and they later on they have a sex scene, and James Franco's running around, you know, playing this guy with like a a bag taped over his dick, and you see everything except right there is like this bag taped over it, and he has this sex scene, and it's the most awkward portrayal of a sex scene I've ever seen. They're like why is he fucking her belly button like does he know that's not supposed <laughs> that to movie was so bizarre it was so, so bizarre. weird i couldn't finish it like, dude well so the thing that a lot of people say is that you have to watch the actual room this is the, sh- the movie called the room and it's an original movie that so if you've seen the beginning you see how like awkward the acting is he is James Franco is actually doing a phenomenal job of playing actually what he's like. Cause there was this movie that was atrocious that everyone thought was garbage. But then like by the end of it, they were like, that was so funny because it was so bad. And it got this cult popularity and got super famous. The James Franco one or the other? No, the original. original. And so that's why James Franco redid it. Cause he called it the disaster artist. Cause instead of being the original movie, they showed kind of like how the movie came to be and mm-hmm. his interaction with his friend and all about it and how they met and together how they came together and make this movie. And they show side-by-side scene comparisons. At the very end, yeah, of the original The Room and then of, of clips from the movie that you just watched and just seeing how they, they literally <laughs> took it and did exactly the same. Oh, because wow. So James they, Franco's like weird acting that you're like, what the fuck is going on? That's legitimately how this guy acted, acted. in everyday life and was a normal person. Not, not a normal person anyway, but a yeah. person in our society. Yeah, I feel like when I was watching it, I was like, man, I just feel like James Franco is a really good actor, but he's not doing... It's like either I'm not getting it or... He's like got lost it. <laughs> no, he's phenomenal. Yeah. He's phenomenal. His little brother, not so much. Well, I'm not really a fan of Dave Franco. James Franco went to like Harvard and everything. He's a genius yeah. and a phenomenal actor. But yeah, it, I, I still haven't seen The Room, the original one, but I'm super interested to watch it because it just people love it. And they're like, that's what made it so interesting. Yeah. But it kind of deviates from our. Uh, sex topic oh that's all right no it was oh, that's, definitely that, an awkward sex scene yeah. <laughs> sure. 
I mean, anything where your brother is involved in the same scenes, kind yeah. of weird. Yeah, so. good point. I yeah, didn't think about it that way. <laughs> yeah, weird. and apparently, like in the original, they kind of show it for a second. There's this super random part where he's like in bed with this girl, and then this like young boy jumps into bed and starts having a pillow fight with them. Jesus like while they're having sex. <laughs> yeah. So weird. Like I don't know what's happening the right kid now. Kid has no but... chance <laughs> having a normal life. Game over. <laughs> Do you have any favorite movies? Uh, I'm not. I, don't, I love. Okay, so I, I love the How to Train Your Dragon movies, which is like. See, we she hasn't seen them. We were just talking them. about that the other day because I've never seen him, and he kept referencing. Oh my him. god! Like, you how... have to see them. Okay. They're so. There's good. a new one There's coming out. There's a new one coming out next year, which I'm so excited yeah. about. Well, guess what? You have movie date. Well, hey. hopefully we'll go with you. No, well, we're going. Oh, well, third wheel. Yeah, yeah. We'll get Jason Virginia to come and we'll maybe have we'll a, set we'll you up on a blind date. <laughs> Sam, blind date me. I'm I'm so down for blind dates. Oh, that's way. good to know. Um okay. especially if it's not just up. a solo. Like if you did like a Yeah, that'd be date. fun. Yeah. A, a double date with a blind date, then you got so, you got an excuse. Yeah. You can dip. People don't set me up ever. Just mm. I'm always like, totally, you should. Like <laughs> Well I'm now down. that I kinda know your your vibes a little bit better. I, I'll keep. I'm a pretty good matchmaker, actually. Mm-hmm. I'll keep my eyes peeled. Yeah. How to Train Your Dragon is basically like an animated series about uh, finding a dog, finding a stray dog, and having that dog be your best friend. And it's just literally it's not about my a life. dragon. My but dog, it, no, but it is a dragon. Oh. My dog but the dragon stray, is basically so a dog. So it's like you found this dragon and now a dog is man's best friend. They're cool as fuck. But imagine if that dog had giant wings and breathed fire and you could ride it and fly around. But it could only fly because of you. Yeah. Mm. So you were like have to be together all the time. Mm. We'll watch it. We'll get really stoned. You have to watch it. Let's get really stoned. It's the best. That's how how I saw it the very first time. I was in college and I like went with a bunch of friends. We all got really stoned. They're like, let's go see how to train your dragon. I was like, the fuck are we going to watch this animated (laughs) weird ass movie? And then I was just like in love. It's one of like those movie institutions i don't really call this like uh where the sequel actually mm. improves yeah. the movie like you see the sequel and you're like well, they actually did a better job like somehow they made it better more depth and now so like the third one's coming out i'm like oh my god so have you seen the previews for it yeah dude i'm so excited yep i haven't seen the preview i need really? to see the preview yeah she's she's a huge preview fan i love preview. if see that's an art to be, be able to do a good trailer yeah Without spoiling it, but and still then, making but like it build intriguing. up hype, mm-hmm. yeah. and without putting all the good parts in it, which is done all the time. That's the worst when you, you can tell too, and you're like, "Well, I just saw that movie. Yeah. <laughs> every good part was just yeah. in the trailer." Don't need to go now. Yeah, or like every movie that's always the same as the other one that happened a year before. It's the yeah. same actor and everything. It's, <laughs> that's why I don't really go to movies a lot because I feel like a lot of movies are trash. Not, and I don't have cable. I've had cable for like six or seven years i think now so i just never know when movies come out yeah they're like you should check this out out i'm like what do you mean and they're like oh it's that was in theaters like two years ago (laughs) i've had cable for maybe four of my 29 years in life it sucks man (laughs) especially now it's kind of great but it kind of sucks like my parents know they have like 900 channels (laughs) (laughs) like this is like 700 porn yeah i don't even sort through this 
I just like Netflix. I'm all yeah, about so that like Netflix. Netflix, and then you have like Plex, like so you can just people that download movies, you can just watch theirs, and then just everything's available on the internet. Like, yeah, literally right. everything. So whether you do it legally or not, it's there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Just gotta have a good VPN. I I Formula One like my favorite thing. Like I said earlier, but. I lost it for a long time because I didn't have cable. Mm. And that was the only way. There was no streaming service for some reason. And now it's finally like there's a streaming service for it. Really? So now like. So you can just pay for a specific. It's free. Like, and oh, nice. It's awesome. Yeah. So what makes Formula One so special? Why is it such a. What, what, what intrigues you about it? I don't know anything about it. Like I know the name of what you're referring to. It's a literal to. crash course. Um, well, yeah, give me a crash course in Formula One. Everyone crashes. Oh, really? Just kidding. Oh. <laughs> it's just, sounds terrible. But that's kind of the most fun part. I'm oh. just kidding. It's like uh, the highest form of motorsport. It's mm-hmm. like the top tier of motorsport. Um, but the things that I love about it um, is like I'm a huge nerd about pretty much everything that I get myself involved with. And there's so much freedom to be a nerd in Formula One because there's so much technology and and like innovation involved and then like it changes every year like the regulations are constantly changing so like like nascar all the cars are exactly the same um formula one is every car is different as far as it's like uh aerodynamic package and it's like motor specs and uh in different just different types of things like that but they're all held to like certain regulations but each car is designed to each extreme point of those regulations so they like manipulate words and language to to like make this um car that is like as legal as it can be but it pushes each limit of each regular does that make sense Mm -hmm. so like they interpret it differently and so then like um like oh like the regulation says this but i think that if i do it like this it's not necessarily it's i'm getting what i want but it's kind of bending that rule a little bit and it makes it like this like i don't know it just makes that part of um of uh the aspect of the sport like much more like a team dynamic and like uh, it's not just about the i mean it is like a lot about the driver but like it's not just about the driver. It's about all the work that goes into designing the car. Mm-hmm. And like it takes years to design, or not years, but it takes a whole year to design each car because the regulations change every year. And then the little things too, like you come in for like a pit stop or whatever, and then they like do a quarter turn on your front wing and it changes the complete, it completely changes the car. How it like, Crazy. like how it handles and, and, and all that stuff. And like the steering wheels are like, you can, there's like you can change your brake balance and you can change your engine setting and you can um like so many different things like i, I can't even explain all of them to someone the that, cars are like over a million dollars six million dollar cars so they're six Whoa. million dollar cars and you're basically laying down on your back like think about how i lay when i'm like yeah. sitting on a couch yeah you're like laying all posture. the way back basically laying down on your back with like your upper back slightly elevated and holding a steering wheel in front of you so just your head's barely up enough to drive eighty thousand dollars steering wheel imagine driving laying down basically wow and then 
so the thing about Formula Ones is when you're driving, you have to be going fast enough to build up enough like downforce. downforce on the car in order to be able to turn. So if you're not going fast enough, you will crash. Yeah, you have to heat up the tires perf- enough to get enough grip. It's, it's They don't perform it's well on slow speeds. Uh. And um, the cool thing about, okay, so like a few years ago, they like banned this, but a few years ago, they had what were called blown diffusers. It's just like, this is like the year I got into it too. And this whole like thing, the and idea of what it is, is essentially is it reroutes your exhaust so that when you're under braking, it reroutes it and creates downforce in your car. <laughs> it's like reroutes the air over your car in order to keep it stuck to the ground while you're slowing down. That's amazing. So like just little things like that, just like, I'm just like I think it's just so cool. Like in like so much strategy that happens and like, you know, and... And there's teams that are driving. Well, I mean, it's a one driver, but, but it's like, but isn't there usually like a team will have two, two different drivers cars. for each team? Mm. Yeah, so there's yeah. two different cars for each team driving around, and so you're kind of like, yeah, I've never encountered to... that. I've uh, my brain was just thinking NASCAR. I think that's what I thought racing was. I didn't. I had NASCAR no idea. to just be as like unpolitically correct as possible. NASCAR is just for like. Hicks do want to watch a car <laughs> drive really fast around in circles. Yeah, so I've never Formula quite One is like, like I've super rich people spending a ridiculous amount of money to watch a car drive around super tight turns on a super intricate course in the middle of a fucking city. Like they literally oh, close down roads. Well, they have courses too. Those are not very many true street courses, but they yeah. have. But the one in Monaco is the one in Monaco is yeah a true street course wow. but but the technology side of that's very interesting i had no idea that was yeah yeah it's crazy i didn't even know aerodynamics were a thing until i knew <laughs> formula one so wow. like yeah it's I, I can just i literally will watch if there's like a race weekend i'll just watch the practice sessions and the race and qualifying over and over again <laughs> i love listening to the people talk <laughs> just like talk about cars and i'm not really a car guy which is weird. It is weird. But like that, for some reason, that world just sucks me in. Mm-hmm. And I'll, Emmeline, if I'm watching a race, she'll go into the, my room and hide under the bed because I'm standing in front of the TV yelling at it. Because <laughs> I'm so intense about it. Were you like that at all with sports or anything, Graham? Like, Definitely. Did you ever watch so, like, sports? if you ever go to like, uh, a game with me or like and I'm like really watching the game or like I'm really invested in like if I watch the Seahawks game or something with you you're gonna be like who the hell is this guy <laughs> I went to a game with Christian and I was just screaming at this umpire <laughs> just like what the fuck is wrong with you like making this like someone's yelling at me. there's like a family right next to me <laughs> just like He's like, dude, what is wrong with you? I'm like, did you see that? <laughs> I've never seen Jordan do that in person because we haven't really gone to many games together in the real world. But at home, he'll randomly pull up the Seahawks game on his computer and watch it. And he gets so into it. And he's yelling. And he's just like legitimately very passionate. And I'm like, who are you? Do you even like I, football? I don't do you regularly watch it? football. I don't follow specs. I but don't When you follow... do it, you do it fully. Yeah. Yeah. Because I enjoy watching the sport of it. 
I enjoy watching athletes do cool shit. So cool. And he's very vocal. So I, I know <laughs> yeah. what you're talking about. I yell and you know, Seahawks games in the same way. I yeah. yell and constantly like clapping and yeah. and whatever. And I'm just like, so I get so into it. And I would swear and just drink a bunch and just like, you know, yell at players and talk shit and to the TV. <laughs> Makes it more fun. And just, yeah, I get so into it. And a lot of people don't. And I'm pretty like low-key pretty uh-huh. chill yeah, yeah i wouldn't expect that and so you. like you know i'm always like pretty in control and and just hanging out and just observing around me and then like i'll watch sports and just like the fuck out of my way i'm just gonna see i'm gonna yell and you know i'm just really intense about it and I'm, i've always been like that and i'll clap i always clap all the time my neighbors <laughs> probably hate me i don't care <laughs> <laughs> it's not because you're having parties or loud music. It's because you're watching football games. I never get Formula One. I've never gotten in trouble for music, but I've gotten in trouble for yelling and <laughs> and whatever the TV. Just because it's a game on. It's just like a meaningless nice. game too. Yeah, I don't even know who's playing. <laughs> <laughs> I just think sports are awesome. I don't know. It's just yeah, watching cool. people cool do things. Yep, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Did you play sports growing up? Um, my foot is touching me. <laughs> it's like, what is that? It's um, a dog. It's a dog, by the way, for people not here. <laughs> um, yeah, I played baseball. So um, Jordan, when I was like a young kid, but I only played one year because my one of my teammates got mad at me and threw a baseball at my face and <gasps> knocked my teeth out. What? <laughs> He was my next door neighbor too. <laughs> yeah, I don't really know why, but that happened. So Were that they kinda baby like, teeth? I hope. Or no. You... So do you have fake teeth? So right all then? my like my front four teeth are all fake, and I've had Tight. to like do I've extensive. Thing. I probably have like sixty grand worth of dental work in my mouth. It sucks. So. Um, well, they look really nice. Thank you. I wouldn't oh, have known that you had, I wouldn't have known that you had dentures. Well, I don't have dentures. Huh? <laughs> Jesus. I like old fashions and I have dentures. <laughs> I don't kiss on the first date and I love old and <laughs> Um So that kind of like turned me away from sports as like a, as participating in like functions. But I, uh, I raced mountain bikes for six or seven years. So that was your sport. Yeah. That was my, I never did really like team sports. I think I should have probably played football. I think I would have been really good at that. But I just, I never did. Um, and it's a little late now to start football, <laughs> yeah. I would say. I think you might be right. You could play some flag football. Just yeah. take some steroids, you'll be just good. Take, just tell me I can't do it though and I'm going <laughs> to do it. <laughs> have you ever looked into any of those uh, leagues? They're kind of like beer leagues around here. No, and I really want to get something like that. Like I've, I really want to play it. Ultimate Frisbee. I fucking yeah. love Ultimate Jordan Frisbee. I, Ultimate too. I, I've got a group that I'm a part of that like Alan Ozen and a couple other people, Brian Becker. I've never Adam gone and played with it. them yet. But yeah, you should come play. I think I think they went and played today. Uh, we weren't it's usually available all day Sundays. Today. It's like one. They one do like every Sundays other Sundays, month. every other Sunday or something yeah, like that. I would Seattle. love to do that because, right. like, I'm trying to figure out people that aren't just pieces of shit all the yeah. time. I'll send you an invite to that. <laughs> Lazy. Yeah. <laughs> They're always looking for more people, too. I fucking love Ultimate. It's my Dude, jam. I love that game. Yeah. I don't know why. People always, like, kind of make fun of it. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, it's just, it's, just, it's, so it's, it's like making fun of Col- uh, Nickelback. 
That's always my example for things. Just people making fun of something to make just fun of it. Because everybody else does. Yeah. It's just, it's just, it's cool to make fun of it. And that's fine. It's cool to make fun of a lot of it's things. It's cool to not have your own opinions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what well, Facebook is. Yeah. Other people's opinions that are not your own. Regurgitated opinions. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you have well, no reason for it. Opinion, when you post a LaCroix meme and it gets 36 thousand likes and thousand shares and you literally just reposted a tweet that someone else came up with (laughs) and you got all the notice for it yeah um well i'm really happy that we did this podcast because um we have a lot of plans now we're gonna play ultimate frisbee we're gonna go watch how to train your dragon and we're gonna go camping and we're gonna get you to a little secret festival we're going to yeah i'm down for and then you're gonna fix me up Oh, yeah. And I'm going to find you a date. Okay. we got some plans. So this is like, this is an online dating. This is like podcast dating. Yeah. Yeah. It's the new thing. This is like, you're a test subject. We we take people that we, (laughs) that we meet and that we like and that we want (laughs) to hang out with more and we make them come here and we find out all their deepest, darkest secrets and then we get to hang out with them more. Well, those are some of my secrets. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming. I still have more for part two. Yeah, okay. exactly. Stay tuned for part two. Part, part two with uh, CDJ. <laughs> yeah, that nice. would be fucking hilarious. We'll make it happen. We'll make it happen. Maybe we'll bust out some, some brews and a bong or something to really get everyone weird. <laughs> Something's going to have to happen. Something's Just loosen up. Yeah. 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 That'll be fun. Right. Well, I don't think cool. Lou and I will have any problems loosening up, but we might no. need to get Christian some Jameson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that works for me. I'm down. Well, sweet. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And we'll talk soon. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Gravity Lift Podcast with Jordan and Antonella. If you like our show and want to find more, check out our website at gravitylift.space. And when you get a sec, please rate and review us on iTunes to help us spread these vibes far and wide.